This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Aaron Rodgers is going to the New York Jets. It's official, finally. And here are the details. The Jets, Aaron Rodgers, pick number 15, a 2023 fifth-round pick. The Packers get pick number 13, a 2023 second-round pick, a sixth-round pick, a conditional 2024 second-round pick that becomes a one if Rodgers plays 65% of the plays this year. It is finally done. The Jets get Aaron Rodgers, and the Packers are able to move on, and they get a haul in return. It is Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. It is now Super Bowl or bust for the Jets. We will get to your calls on that in just moments. Your reactions to this trade at 888-SAY-ESPN. Courtney Cronin is in for Canty today. We welcome in former Jet offensive lineman, SNY Jets analyst, co-host of Morning Men, Mad Dog Sports Radio. He is Willie Colon, who joins us right now. Willie, first of all, let's get right to it. Your evaluation of the deal finally getting done and what the Jets gave up to get it done. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited it's getting done, honestly. Uh, I didn't see how they was going to go into draft night um, with the elephant in the room, and obviously the elephant in the room was going to be Aaron Rodgers when he was going to land in New York, and if he was going to be if he was going to land into New York. So I'm happy, uh, just like the rest of the Jets fans, that it's actually done and he's on his way to New York. Um, I think from a, the only nightmare, if there was to be a nightmare, the way this thing is structured, that you know if he doesn't, if he play, let's just say he plays 65 percent of this uh, this thing, and they go to the playoffs, but they don't make the Super Bowl, and he, you know, at the end of the season. He goes, hey, I don't like New York, and I'm done. Uh, he's been on record of saying, you know, hey, you know, at 40, I can see myself walking away from the game. We know he's at the end of the season. He he goes on his hiatus and he kind of resets and revamps himself in uh, in a citric fashion. So it, there's still a lot of up in the air. However, you know, the, from a Jets fan standpoint and from the history of this team, you know, the biggest thing that's held the Jets back is just from the inferiority at the quarterback position. Now the Jets finally have a guy that can deliver in all categories. They have a young team. They have a young, talented team that's ready and ready to go um, and willing to compete at a high level and has pride and plays with grit. Uh, and I think right now he's the missing link. So Jets fans should be, you know, having drinking a lot of suds, popping bottles, because uh, Aaron Rodgers is coming to New York. All right, let's take a look then before we get like the more like micro and what they can do in the draft and those picks and, and what this means for this year. Is he the best quarterback in the AFC East, even coming off the season he had last year? Well, you know, last last year, I think it was tough on him. Um, you know, one, he dealt with multiple injuries. You talk about the thumb and the ribs. Uh, it was obvious that he wasn't on the same page with his young receiving core, and he kind of outed them in the media, if you will. Um, and that defense failed them early. And so they probably didn't get their win as a team, as a collective group, until November. Um, and that's when we start to see Aaron Rodgers of old come alive. Him coming to New York is going to be an acclimation period. You know, and I, I think we're going to have to give him his grace as much as Jets fans don't want to hear that. You know, this is a man who has boundaries. He, he's, he's, all, he's fickle with the media. But at the same time, he, he, you know, when he puts on a cape, he's one of the best to ever do it. So as far as him being the best quarterback in the AFC in the East, yes, he is, 100%. Willie Cologne, former Jets offensive lineman, SNY Jets analyst, uh, with us on Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Courtney Cronin in for Canty. Willie, uh, if you're the Jets right now, 
how confident did you need to be in his buy-in to it all? In other words, you mentioned you know what he does in the offseason. What he right. does in the offseason now affects a lot of people. So if you're in that locker room, what do you need to see from Aaron Rodgers coming in as far as the, all of the offseason work? Well, I just need him to to be around, to be committed to the offseason. And, you know, I, I think he has to understand that's a young locker room. And when he walks in that locker room, there's going to be a lot of guys who aren't just going to see him as their quarterback. They're going to be starstruck. Um, and they're going to be a little awkward around him, and they're going to try to get to know him and feel him out. And particularly Zach Wilson, who you know looks up to him as an admirer of his. So I, I think it's 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 important that Aaron, Aaron stays in the building. It's important that he's around the Jets facility, that he's learning the people in the building, that he's learning these, this young nucleus of guys like Garrett Wilson, uh, Quentin Williams. He's learning sauce. He's trying to figure out this offensive line led by Vera Tucker. And, uh, you know, obviously we got Bruce Hall coming back. So he, it's, it's important for him to be around him, heading to the hills of California to kind of get his mind right. I think that, that ha- he has to put that on the back burner because I think for him to have the success that he, I think he plans on having that Woody Johnson needs, um, that this team needs, um, he's going to have to dig in, and it starts once he lands his feet. Once he lands his feet in New York, so they move up two spots from, or uh, they move back two spots from thirteen to fifteen because of that first round pick swap that they had in two thousand twenty three. And we know that they need offensive linemen. Yep. Should who they're targeting, whether it is, I mean, we we expect Peter Skaronsky and Paris Johnson Jr. to be gone probably by the time the Jets are on the clock, but should whoever they're targeting you think still be available to them at 15, thus why they were comfortable making that swap? I think that's a tough question. I think the draft is so uncanny and unpredictable. Um, I know, you know, everybody drafts differently. Some people draft for potential. Some people draft for right now a need. Um, I think the Jets right now, as you just mentioned, has a need uh, at the offensive line uh, position, but I think, there's still a lot of key pieces they got to figure out, like Makai Beckton. You know, Max Mitchell, who they brought up last year, uh, played well until he got hurt. Elijah Tucker, he's coming off ACL. Um, and so they're, they're going to have to figure out some things within their own uh, – within that group to kind of figure out who's ready to go, who's a little behind, who's worthy of kind of cutting ties with. But I think there's some guys in the free agency that they can probably pick up. I think there's some young studs that probably still be on the board. I obviously think you have to go after figuring out who's your center going to be and possibly get a, a guy who can play guard tackle, who, who can be that swing guy for you. So um, will that be around? I think so. Willie, last one for me. What does success look like here if Aaron Rodgers only plays one year? What makes it worth it to have made this trade? Super Bowl. <laughs> it's yeah. gotta be Super Bowl, baby. I mean, you, it, it is what it is. This is it. You know, the Jets have everything lined up, polished and pretty, and they got the one diamond, and that's Aaron Rodgers. So, for me, with this young and think about this young group, you know, they don't know what they don't know. So they're gonna go out there and compete, and they're gonna be fiery, and they're gonna and they're gonna fly around. Um, and, but they need that X factor, and the X factor is Aaron Rodgers because he's been there, done that. You know, when he puts on a cape, he's one of the best to ever do it. Um, you know, he has the cojones to, to make big plays in a big moment. Um, and I think the city is just waiting to embrace him. And I think he, you know, honestly, I'm going to give him some uh, leeway. I think he's going to embrace the city. Now, we all see how he embraces the media. That's a whole different uh, story. But um, I'm excited. I'm excited to see him come out that tunnel wearing number eight. We appreciate it, Willie. Thanks for popping on a few minutes. Thank you.
Willie Colon, of course, former Jet offensive lineman, uh, SNY Jets analyst, and co-host of Morning Men on ESPN Radio, or on, uh, excuse me, on Mad Dog Radio on Sirius XM. Now, Courtney, here's my problem right now. That last part, what's a success? It's Super Bowl or bust. You have taken a big risk here if you're the Jets. We have to look at this logically. I don't say that they've given up two number ones because they got another one in return. I don't look at it the same way Dan Orlowski does. But what they have done is they have given up a number two and a number one next year. That's how I have to approach it because I'd be shocked if he didn't play 65% of the plays. I'm not concerned with the pick swap either. I yeah. think that when you're you're splitting hairs when you go from 13 to 15, and we do know that offensive line is going to be their priority, so we think, in the draft, because there is some uncertainty about uh, what's going on up front, and they need to make sure they protect not just Aaron Rodgers, but Brees Hall coming off that ACL injury. But if, if the board falls the way that it should, where Peter Skaronsky, Paris Johnson Jr., one of those two – Whoever goes first between those two, those two are probably gone by the time the Jets would have been on the clock at 13 or 15. Then you're splitting hairs between a Darnell Wright, who was primarily a right tackle in college, and uh, Broderick Jones, who could be a left tackle. Like you, you have two good prospects right there. It's where do you want them, and they should be available to you, even with the Patriots having that need one pick ahead of you. I say all of that to say what you do in the draft will certainly factor in to a roster that does feel Super Bowl made, or at least made to contend right now. But this just seems like when we talk about Super Bowl or bust for this team, I don't like when we put that label on teams that haven't been there, that haven't shown you that they have any ability to actually get to the playoffs, Chris. Like, let's not forget who we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about like the Buffalo Bills bringing in a piece or two or the Miami Dolphins or anybody else in that division. We're talking about the Jets. The Jets in the playoffs, like those are two things that are not typically in the same sentence. Nope. So I have to look at this and be somewhat skeptical, even with the amount of talent that they now have. They needed a quarterback because that was the missing link. But to say that it's Super Bowl or bust with as loaded as the AFC is, not just the AFC East, but he's going to have to go through Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, all of those guys who are younger than him and are the next cream of the crop in that in that conference, that's not going to be a cakewalk no matter how good this roster is. So, yes, well, the- their Super Bowl odds have improved, but I think that that's just putting a whole ton on this year when we don't know. Like, th- this is not a move that y- you make and you say, okay, you got two or three years to answer the question of did you win a Super Bowl with Aaron no. Rodgers or not? You might only have one year. No, you may only have one year. Let's listen to Dan Orlowski for a sec, ESPN NFL analyst, on where this now puts the Jets. Jets are Super Bowl contenders. That remains in place. I think the two things that stand out, so he could potentially be traded for two number one picks and the number two pick. That is a massive cost for the Jets that had to do it. I do like the fact that they have a first-round pick, though. Meaning your point about going to 13 in front of New England is great, but I still think the Jets can get the offensive tackle they want at 15. I still yeah, think that there's going to be, you know, so like we had all thought they would take one at 13. They still should be able to get the quarterback they wanted and needed in Rodgers and also should be able to get one of the first round offensive tackles that group of five kind of has the opportunity to have. Courtney, I've got three problems overall here. Okay. Number one is what you just talked about. The AFC is loaded. Do I think the Jets are today better than the Chiefs? No. Do I think that today they're 
better than the Bills? Probably not. Probably not. Do I think they're better than the Cincinnati Bengals? Eh, not recently. I've seen them go on the road and win. Um, so what in the rest of the AFC do I – Can the, uh, we know the Jaguars are on their way up. Uh, we know the Chargers are on their way up. Are they going to be better? I, they still have Brandon Staley, so I could put them behind the Jets. Point is, there's a lot of work to be done, and they have to win that division to me to really have a chance at the AFC. Number two, I don't trust him. I don't trust Aaron Rodgers. I don't trust him to be fully bought in to the Jets and winning in 2023. I don't, because I saw what it was the last couple of years, and if he is going to come in the door, and as Willie put it, you've got guys who are going to be starstruck the second he walks in, and you're the leader of that group. You have to recognize what the importance is of your position there. And I don't know that I trust him to do that. And then number three, and this is what I've been kind of harping on all along, look at what they gave up, right? Could they have gotten Lamar Jackson for a similar package? I mean, maybe... There are two, I think, two first. Two first is what the... If you sign, if you match the offer sheet or you give him more than that, right. you'd have to do that. So, yeah, there'd be two first-round picks, which, again, to clarify... It's it's two first-round picks in reality if we right. expect him to pay, play more than 65% of snaps. I mean, the right. worst at worst, it's a first, which is I don't really consider. I just consider that a pick swap because it's not like you're moving from 13 down to, like, 29. You're basically where you were. No, you basically are where you were. You just gave the other team the opportunity to pick in front of you. Mm-hmm. And But for me, like, if if – you were able to work out a long-term deal with Jackson and the Jets were able to bring him in, doesn't that position them much better for the future and remove a lot of the doubt in what's going on here? I think what people I mean would is, still have doubt. I really do. Because Lamar is just this polarizing topic of can he stay healthy? Is he going to be in an offense that's going to put him in position where he doesn't have to run all the time, even though that is one of his best assets? I still think that would be a divisive topic among Jets fans. I do remember at a time where he was in the conversation about, would, hey, maybe that would be a team that would be interested in him that's not Baltimore. Would you rather have right now Lamar Jackson or Aaron Rodgers? I, I, I like to think about the future. I like to project things out. And I'm with you. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers can be Tom Brady and do what he did in Tampa Bay and go win a Super Bowl the first year he gets to a new destination. I mean, and I would Brady, give. Tom, I would Tom go Brady with got Lamar. Off the, Tom Brady got off the plane and went to Byron Leftwich's house. I know, and you I know? don't. And, and we just. And it's not a knock on Aaron for having interest outside of you know what he does on the field, but I just think that some of his stuff can really turn people off. And I don't know about how this locker room feels. Very clearly, guys like Brees Hall, who's coming off that injury, and he just said, hey, my knee feels a little bit better today. People are excited because they haven't had a quarterback in New York ever since Joe Namath. They have not had a quarterback who has given them stability at the position. On paper, it looks like Aaron Rodgers is going to give you that, but is it going to be for more than one year? Will it even work out this year? It should. Everything right now is in theory. It should work out. But you got to get him there for the off-season program. You have to have him 
acclimate himself in ways that he wasn't accustomed to when he was running the show in Green Bay. I know that he comes to New York and brings his great pedigree of football, uh, you know, skill and everything else and four MVPs and he won a Super Bowl in 2010. But you got to think in a way, hey, you're starting over here. Like you're walking into a locker room where you're the new guy, even though you're the goat, as some might want to refer to you as, you're the new guy. So you got to win them over. It's not the other way around. Right. But if I'm here's what I'm thinking about if this is what I ended up having to give up. If I uh, if I'm the Jets and I can work out an agreement with Jackson and he signs his franchise tag just to get traded, I can potentially give up a little bit less to uh, Baltimore in that case because I can say, well, I'm not going to sign him to an offer sheet. Then I have to give you two ones. Maybe I give you the one this year and I give you a second next year uh, to try to get that done if Lamar Jackson says, I'm never playing for you again. And I've worked out a long-term deal. So my point is simply this. I still believe the Jets would have been much better off going that route than this route, especially now when I look at what they gave up. They gave up a lot. They gave up a lot here. They gave up a one next year, in essence, uh, because he's going to play 65% of the plays. And all it boils down to is, now, dude, it's on you. And I don't think he cares that it's on him. Like, we had a caller earlier who brought up, you know, how tired he was as a Packers fan of the drama that was not based on the field. Does anybody think that's going away? Like, that he's not going to spend time with Pat McAfee getting into obscure topics next year that are going to cause drama around the Jets? And he's going to be in a market that's going to eviscerate him for it. I mean, Green yeah. Bay, there's no, it's nothing to say that the Green Bay media didn't hold him accountable. I think they did, but New York, but is loved di- him. As, you, as you know, New York's a different animal. And yeah. that's going to be something that he's going to have to decide if he's ready to deal with it. We know that Favre didn't exactly deal with it all that well. No, he didn't. And, and that's, that's the thing. Like, in Green Bay... They went back to Love and Favre at the end of it afterward anyway. I, I was there at the Hall of Fame when he got in. That place was entirely Packers fans when he got in, as you would expect. And he tried to go to the rival and did end up going to the rival uh, after that. That That's how much they loved him. So this is completely different. And in the end, I ultimately just – I hope for the Jet fans' sake that he ends up caring enough. I think he wants to win, but I don't think it's the most important thing in the world to him. Would you have thought, though, and I know you brought up a good point, like Woody Johnson, like, you know, what's money to him at the end of the day? He's a billionaire owner, like, at the you know, taking on Aaron Rodgers' absurd salary that he can thank the Green Bay Packers for why they structured it that way. <laughs> Don't you think he would have had to have some assurance, like sitting down with Aaron Rodgers when the Jets brass went out to California on his private plane? Don't you think he would have had to at least like take him at his word and ask the question, hey, are you in this for the long haul? Meaning it could be like two to three more years. We're not expecting Aaron Rodgers to play five more seasons. He's 40 years old this year. But don't you think that the Jets could not do this in, new, in good faith unless they asked that question and got an answer that leads them to believe it will be more than one year? Because I would hope so. That's, but... that's franchise suicide, more or less. If you say, all right, we're just going to like wing it here and expect that you know maybe he'll come back after one year, maybe he won't. We're giving all of this up for one year. You, 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 you destroy... 
your situation next year. You don't have a quarterback in 2024 if Aaron Rodgers is not there. You might not even have Zach Wilson on the roster. Who knows? Like at this point, if they trade him, if they do something else, you set yourself back. Like it'd be one year, unless you win the Super Bowl this year, it's one year for what if it doesn't work out and he's not back? I feel like the Jets would have had to have that assurance to know whether we're going to know or not that Aaron told them, you guys have my word. This is how it's going to be, not just in 23, but beyond that. Yeah, listen, I would hope that that happened, and I hope that all of that is on the table. My problem is when somebody shows you who they are, believe them. And he has done that time and time again. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. If you're just joining us, the Aaron Rodgers deal is done. He is a Jet. The Jets and Packers swap the 13th and 15th pick in the first round this year. Packers get a second-round pick this year. They get a a second-round pick next year that can become a first if Aaron Rodgers plays 65% of the plays. They also get a sixth this year. Jets also get a fifth. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. And by the way, we've got NBA news all over the place as well. Ime Udoka hired by the Rockets. Uh, You've also got De'Aaron Fox with a broken uh, bone in his uh, index finger on his left hand. And Lakers and Grizzlies tonight. Oh, my Lord. It's all on the table. If the Lakers win tonight, is it over? We answer it with one of our insiders next. Matt Barnes joins us in moments on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. I'll tell you what. It has been a wild, wild NBA playoff so far. And unfortunately, too many injuries have been involved too. But huge news for the Milwaukee Bucks tonight, Courtney. It will be... A night with Giannis Antetokounmpo on the court. He has been cleared to play tonight against the Heat. The Bucks down two games to one. And so Giannis will be out there tonight with a chance to even up the series for the Milwaukee Bucks. And this is a case where, listen, if he can go, you don't screw around anymore. I feel like that they felt like in game two or game three, as long as they got one of those games, they were going to be okay. And that's exactly what happened. And they need him back tonight. I know that they feel a little bit of pressure with this series, you know, being where it's at right now and Miami having a lead. And I don't think that Miami's going to win this series, Chris. I don't. But in order for this thing to go back to Milwaukee with them feeling confident that they can close the heat, a very non 
characteristic eight seed out that they've got to have their best player back. And it, it seemed promising the other day when he got upgraded from doubtful to questionable and being able to see where he's at right now, two games of rest. Hopefully we get Giannis back in form that he, in the form he was in before the injury in game one. Listen, they, the Bucks are going to win a championship if Giannis is healthy. I fully believe that. I have believed that all along. And if he can get out there tonight and give them a chance to even it up, then there's no doubt. The, the only thing you cannot afford to do is go down three games to one. I still think they could win if they went down three games to one, but this is a must-have tonight uh, for the most part. For the most part. Like, I, I can't fully call it a must-win, but you've got them out there, so you have to feel pretty close to that way about it. No, I mean, I, I'm with you. I think it's definitely not must-win, but... If you're putting Giannis out there knowing you have such a long playoff road ahead of you and it's not like Boston's dealing with a bunch of injuries, it's not like the Knicks, if they ended up running into them, are dealing with a bunch of injuries, it's Milwaukee and you know Philly right now, the two powers in the Eastern Conference that are dealing with injuries to their superstars. You hope that you can get him as much rest as you possibly can before the next series starts so it's not an issue in the Eastern Conference semis, so on and so forth. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Courtney Cronin in for Canty today. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Lakers and Grizzlies is going to be a hot ticket tonight. Hot ticket brought to you by Vivid Seats, where you earn rewards with every purchase. Vivid Seats rewards your ticket to more tickets. Vivid Seats, life happens live. Courtney, the thing for me tonight is, can Dylan Brooks just control himself? Because we have spent time talking about Dylan Brooks entirely too much for somebody that just frankly has not gotten enough done in this series. He was a problem early when he's talking about LeBron. He's trying to suck him into a trap. LeBron's not biting. Then he goes and, whether it was intentional or not, hits LeBron in the groin. And the, I'm sure that even out of it, they're hoping that you know LeBron gets ticked off enough to do something. But LeBron's never going to get tossed from a game or anything like that. And what happens? Dylan Brooks doesn't get a benefit of the doubt. After his team had scored nine points in the first quarter, and and he's getting tossed from the game. That doesn't help. Dylan Brooks has done very little in this series to help his team win, and they desperately need him to do that. And I don't know if he's going to be able to because my problem with him, I think everybody's problem outside of the antics that we've seen in this in this playoff series, the flagrant fouls that have extended beyond this play, this playoff series. And you go back to what happened last year against the Golden State Warriors and the injury on Gary Payton the second, you know, taking a look at a groin swipe on Donovan Mitchell when these two teams played in the regular season this year. It's that behavior, and it's the fact that his shot selection is so poor. He was one of seven on jumpers before he got ejected in Game 3, and that's been his issue throughout this entire year, including the regular season and playoffs, 33.7% on jumpers this season, second-worst rate in the NBA. That's not great, and I think that that's what's frustrating for fans, wondering, like, is he going to be who tor- the person who torpedoes the Grizzlies' chances of staying alive in this thing and continuing to make it a series? Do you believe tonight that the Grizzlies are going to win this game? I don't. I don't. And I know that they had a nice bounce-back performance in Game 2 when 
you know, Ja was dealing with the hand injury and, and, and the rotations that they've had to, to deal with, but I do not think they will win tonight. Let's welcome in Matt Barnes, ESPN NBA analyst, for a couple of minutes real quick. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Courtney Cronin is in for Canty today. Matt, Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin, we appreciate a couple of minutes. We're just spending time on the Lakers and the Grizzlies tonight. Give us a percent chance that you would give the Grizzlies to win tonight in L.A. and why that would be. Uh, I mean, it's fairly low. I'd probably say 38, 42. If, if, mm. if, if, if we just, and I just feel like as, as much as I like Memphis and, and, and they're a young up and coming team, there's too much outside noise and, there, and there's too much. Then when it comes to the playoffs, you have to be locked in. Yeah, we had a little issue there with Matt's uh, cell phone, so we'll try to get it back on the line. In the meantime, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We step aside. Play of the night is coming as well. Courtney, we need to pick a winner this evening because we need to win. We'll get to all of that in just moments. Giannis has been cleared for tonight. It is Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. What we like to do is make people money. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. Let us do that, and let us do that in short order, my friends. Time to earn some cash. The taste of money, the smell of wealth. Canty and Carlin's best play of the night. The taste of money. All right, Courtney, let's make this simple. We've got the Lakers four-and-a-half-point favorites tonight. Do you like the Lakers to win this game? I do. All right. Uh, a couple of lower numbers on player points. We'll tie it in quick. We've got uh, Anthony Davis over 23-and-a-half points and Jaron Jackson Jr. over 20-and-a-half. You like tying those into a parlay? I do. I think Jaron Jackson Jr. can have a performance like he did in Game 1 where he goes over 30. It hasn't been that often in this postseason, but tonight 20 seems low enough for me to take the over, so I'm good with All that, right. and with Anthony Davis. That's what we're doing, plus 456 there is your parlay. In lieu of three and out, we welcome Matt Barnes back in, ESPN NBA analyst. We were talking about this game, Matt, and uh, you were saying that the, the Grizzlies probably only have around a 40% chance uh, to win tonight. But let's get into the Dylan Brooks part of this. Has he been more of a hindrance or a help to the Grizzlies in this series? Uh, I mean, I, I think a hindrance from a standpoint of, you know, although I don't feel like he should have been kicked out, he, he got kicked out because of his antics. And, and, you know, whether you like him or not, he's an important part of this team. I mean, kind of the, 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 the tone setter outside of John Morant on the defensive end and He's one of the better defenders in the league, you know, so you always want to want to have your best people on the floor at all time. And I think, you know, his combination of talking and then his antics, you know, kind of puts this team in a hole. But I think overall, there's just too much outside noise surrounding this team. And when it comes to playoff time, you guys all want to be focused on a singular goal, a team goal, never an individual goal. And I just kind of feel like the, the Memphis Grizzlies are starting to learn. It's a lot different. You can you can have some out outside noise during the regular season, but the playoffs need to be focused and, and, and really locked in. He's in the final year of his contract, too. And no matter how this series goes, like if, if the Grizzlies find themselves on the losing end of it, do you think that that brings in some question about whether he's there much longer? 
Uh, it's tough. You know, you hear the rumors today that's swirling around that he may not be back. But I mean, when I, you, you know, you look at his performance, I mean, he's a, you know, he's a solid, you know, 13 to 15 point a game, uh, not guy. And then he is one of the better defenders, you know what I mean? So you kind of have to, you know, the, you, you weigh the good with the bad. Um, I think he ends up staying in Memphis. I think he gets a, a, a really good deal. And I just, I hope he continues to just learn from his antics. I mean, I, I like that he's carved out a niche for himself. You know, I was someone who had to carve out a kind of a bad boy niche for myself as well. And, uh, you know, he's doing a good job of it, but it never has, you never want it to be at, at the expense of your team. Matt Barnes, ESPN NBA analyst, joining Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Courtney Cronin is in for Canty today. Giannis back tonight. Um, when you looked at this matchup, we probably would not have expected the Heat to get two games, but here they are. Uh, is this now just as simple as Giannis being back? That means the Bucks are going to take care of business the rest of the series. Uh, I don't think it's that simple, but I do think the Bucks will take care of business the rest of the series, and I think it just shows how important Giannis is. You know, they were able and Middleton without excuse me without Middleton, and we know you know how important he is. But Giannis is obviously the driving force behind this team, and you know without him, guys have played well, but not really well enough. And you know you want to credit Miami and, and, and Jimmy Butler and the way Spolster always has these guys ready for the playoffs. But I think you know Giannis, whether he's seventy-five or eighty percent, will be good enough to get the team over the hump against this Heat team. Matt, we find out a couple hours ago that De'Aaron Fox is doubtful for the next game against the Golden State Warriors with that broken or fractured uh, tip of his finger in his shooting hand on his index finger. How, do you think that this – how big of an impact does this have on what the Kings are trying to do to, to get another win in this series? It's huge. It's huge. I mean, De'Aaron's arguably been the best player in this series, and that's saying a lot because Steph Curry and, and Clay Thompson and, and, and some other great players are in this series. But I think De'Aaron has been, or, or, or right there, 1A, 1B with him and Steph, have been the two best players in the series. And, and he's the driving force behind this Sacramento team. And, uh, you know, it, it's just an unfortunate blow um, here in the index fin- finger on his shooting hand. So there's no telling how much that'll affect him and how, how much it'll get hit if he does try to play. So, um, hopefully, you know, he can, he can somehow tough it out. But, I mean, a fractured index finger in your shooting hand is, is never something easy to deal with. But, you know, without De'Aaron, uh, I don't know if they stand a chance. Uh, but with De'Aaron, you know, it, it's still anybody's series. Well, let's talk about that for a second, Matt. Was yesterday really their best opportunity to win this series, De'Aaron aside? Uh, no, I mean, I think they definitely had a chance. I, I think you, the, the, the Kings are learning on the fly, you know, the, the crunch time, you know, with the shot selections and the turnovers and, and the things they did to beat themselves. You know, one thing about Golden State is they're not going to beat themselves. Uh, you know, they did what they were supposed to do, put themselves in position. Sacramento had a look at it at the end of the game. But if you take a, you know, you, you look at the last three or four minutes, you know, there was a couple turnovers, you know, a, a few poor shot selections. And I think that's a part of having experience in the playoffs and understanding how much each possession means. Um, I think game five is a must for Sacramento. I think, uh, you know, I'm sure there's going to be some crazy, you know, the the winner of game five wins 70%, something like that, of the series. So this is, to me, you know, going to chance to get back home. Golden one has been a tremendous home court advantage during the playoffs. And the Kings definitely need to try to uh, cover that on Wednesday. Matt, appreciate it, man. Thanks for popping on for a few minutes. No problem, guys. Matt Barnes, ESPN NBA analyst. It has been a full day of news, in case you are just joining us. First of all, De'Aaron Fox has broken uh, the tip of his index finger on his left hand. He is listed as doubtful for tomorrow night's uh, Game 5 between the Kings 
uh, in the Golden State Warriors, and they are hopeful that he could still play, though. There's that. There's Ime Udoka getting hired by the Houston Rockets. That happened this afternoon. Just within the last half hour, Giannis has been cleared. He will play and start tonight for the Milwaukee Bucks in their Game 4 against the Miami Heat. And then the biggest news of the day, Aaron Rodgers, the deal getting done. Uh, He is a Jet. The Jets and Packers swap first-round picks 13 and 15. The Jets also send a second-round pick this year, conditional second next year that becomes a first if, in fact, Rodgers plays 65% uh, of the plays, and there are some late-round picks. Courtney, last word is yours on a full day today. I mean, this is the Monday of draft week, and <laughs> if, I mean, I know we have a ton of NBA news in here. The biggest, like, shoe has dropped in the NFL. Good, Unbelievable. Good so the Rodgers deal finally gets done. Keep it locked in on ESPN Radio all night, covered from pillar to post. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin Podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.